Monique and Brown family, it's Yvette coming to you live on Labor Day. Labor Day. I'm sure many of you have already gotten your libations. If I know what goes on on Labor Day, I did not get any libations because I was dealing with something serious. I was dealing with what I was going to do and say with y'all. I didn't get any libations. So She's too worried. For me. You're too worried. You're too busy being prepared for black people. Yeah. You care too much. To get libations. You care too much yes, for your I people. Yes, I do. Because I should have had some alcohol. <laughs> I mean, I would have. I should have been somewhere to cook out and had myself a drink. But but but, but I didn't do that. I'm here for y'all, and I'm most here of y'all probably won't even show up. You know why? Because you are too gone off the libations and the barbecue. I already know what it is. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to apologize. I know why many of you are going to miss the show tonight. Okay, you over there doing the two step. <laughs> And you, 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 all those people say they don't follow R. Kelly no more. Y'all over there dancing to step, step to the left. I know what's going on. I know what goes on at barbecues. Anyway, for those of you who are here, if you are new here, please subscribe. Also, please like. Do all that good stuff. Um, also, if you are here, please share this. Please hit the notifications button so that, you know, we know. You know when I'm on. We had an audio problem earlier. We weren't late. We just had an audio problem this time. So don't blame us. So go to BreakingBrown.com as well if you can. And if you want to help us out with this show, make a donation to BreakingBrown.com. You can make a one-time donation or you can make a monthly donation um, at BreakingBrown.com. And you can suspend that if you want to at any time. So it's not <laughs> anything like, I'm going to make a donation. I'm going to commit to Yvette and Iron Man. For however long, and I don't want no. You can suspend that anytime. I know hard times happen. Also, we're fragile people. Yes, fragile. And, and you need to get the newsletter. The newsletter this past Sunday was twenty links, <laughs> twenty links of information that is important to African American community. And it was it was at least ten of those were Hurricane Harvey links. Not about just what happened, but about how what happened projects into the future. And how that lays a map in terms of how we're going to be treated as a community. Please, please, please. You know, the newsletter is $2 a month. That's $50 a, I mean, $50. 50 cent a Sunday. <laughs> so that's $2 a month, the newsletter. You can get that at breakingbrown.com as well. You can also go to donatebrown.com for me. And you can, and you can, and you can take care of that. You can go to Donate Brown and you can sign up for the newsletter. You know, no, breakingbrown.com, sign up for the Donate Brown one-time donation. All of that good stuff. Those of you who have been before, you already know this. If you are getting a newsletter and you do not see it in your inbox, please hit editor at breakingbrown.com. Make sure that's in your contacts list so that you'll see it when it comes in. A lot of times it goes to your spam folder, goes to your promotion folder. I just want you to get it. Okay? So we have something that we're going to talk about today. And it's touchy, it's touch and go because I have all these people call me a xenophobe and I've been called so many names, so many names, ladies and gentlemen, so many names I've been called in the last year. It is, it, I, I, I am stunned actually and appalled, but there's something that I have to talk about, um, in terms of, in terms of where we are, in terms of African-American people, there's nothing I can do about it right now but that's something that we have to talk about as soon as i get to that point in my notes <laughs> we have you know we have i was watching tv earlier today and what i saw was a conversation about the dreamers and i saw you know that's what you know that's that's the name um it's approximately i heard eight hundred thousand dreamers 
and Trump is supposed to make his decision on the Dreamers tomorrow. And we kind of already get what that is. We're hearing that he's going to basically end that whole thing, um, which allowed them to not get citizenship necessarily, but to apply to stay longer, to go to school, come out of the shadows. That's what I kept reading. But not get citizenship. Not get citizenship. And that was one of the criticisms about Obama was that it didn't give them citizenship. So you're still in the shadows. You can't, if you don't have citizenship, you're not doing. But you can apply to stay here longer. Yeah, you're still not going to help us. And you us. go to school. If you're not going to get citizenship, you're yeah, not going to be Yeah, because what you ally. need to help us is citizenship. Yeah. Like what you need to be an ally is citizenship because you can't only, you can only protest so loud if you're not a citizen in this country. <laughs> right. You can only do so much before ICE can come down and scoop you up and take you out. Um, but I think there's a, there's a conversation that needs to be had. There's a conversation about the complexity of labor and the complexities, you know, somewhat of the labor movement. And there are a lot of uncommon, you know, bedfellows. And there's a lot of censorship. If you say, well, maybe we need a, maybe we need a labor policy, an immigration policy that actually benefits American workers. Um, you're considered Trump. You're considered Trump-esque. <laughs> For lack of a better word, you you must be a Trump supporter hiding because this is something that you support. And I'm not I, I haven't seen anything that makes me want to support Trump. But what I have seen is something that's problematic. I have seen the devaluation of labor and specifically African American labor in this country, but labor in general. And that is something that causes me um to kind of sit back and think. That is something that I find very problematic. The devaluation of labor to pay people who work for pay people who get W twos less than they less than they should get, and so that ties into immigration. And the one thing I want to drive home as I have this conversation is that this is not about. Please hear me. This is not about being racist towards any group, any immigrant group. This is only about. Making sure that labor gets paid what is due. That's the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm not discriminatory towards anyone or anything. But what I want to make sure of is that, like, you have Verizon. You remember the Verizon strike? You have Verizon making like a billion dollars a month, some astronomical number of money, amount of money. And what they were basically saying is that, no, we need for labor to take a cut. Take a haircut, labor. That's what we need. That's what happened at Verizon. Now the people, the workers, went on a strike, and they actually succeeded. Now they didn't get everything they wanted, but they got like a ten percent raise over like five years and a whole bunch of other stuff because they decided to go on a strike. That's what labor looks like. And so for me, that's the kind of thing that I want to support because I see what's happening in terms of. The people who own capital in this country want to turn this country back into a third world country. And what they are doing is using cheap labor from other countries to do that. We don't need to pay you. We can get labor from over here and they'll do it. They will suffer through what you would not suffer through because they don't, they, they don't consider themselves. They come from a country other than America. They come from a third world country. I hate third world versus first world, but they come from a third world country. So their perspective is different. And so you, but you can't say that in America without being deemed as racist or whatever. So we have an appreciation that has fallen 
in terms of our understanding of labor. And what I want to do in terms of today's conversation is just kind of, I want to provide context. Those of you who have been here all the time, you know that one of the things I do is I provide context. I frame the conversation. That's what I do. So I want to frame this conversation today, but I want to backtrack first because I, I understand that everybody who's in here now in the chat right now may not have been here the entire time. So I want to backtrack first and show you something that always happens. It always happens when we discuss immigration. I mean, put up clips one, two, and three back to back to back. And I want to show you what ha- whenever we, it, it never fails. Whenever we discuss immigration, the conversation is something like this. Well, immigration does not damage or hurt, you know, working people in general. It maybe hurts three or 4%, maybe. But what they don't tell you and what we don't get into, when you go into the however of the conversation, what the however will tell you is that the ones who are hurt are disproportionately African-American. Read the quote. Yep. Let's read this quote. Well, African-Americans, we're the ones who get hurt. And this isn't coming from, like, this isn't coming from some right wing. This isn't coming from Trump. This isn't coming from Paul Ryan. This is coming from, you know, um, the guy who was over Barack Obama's Civil Rights Commission. Y'all loved Obama. So many of y'all did. He says, a sizable number of black men don't have access to entry-level jobs. Black males are more likely to experience competition from illegal immigrants. Commissioner Peter Kersenhaus told the Daily Signal. This is important because what's that saying? When you talk about your brother, husband, whoever, not having money to have a family, not having money for his kid, not having money for child support. This plays into that. This is a part of that. Everything's connected, ladies and gentlemen. And so, you know, what I want to happen is for us to pay attention to what that means and how everything affects us. It doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that, now how is it you know, for the people out there who I know who are going to be in the comments, but you read your xenophobe. How is it for me to understand the correlation? I didn't say causation. I said the correlation between black males not getting entry-level jobs and between illegal immigration. How is me understanding that correlation make me xenophobic? What I'm saying is that black people, African-Americans, descendants of slaves in this country need an answer. If you're going to bring in... These, num- these numbers of immigrants, we need an answer to our problem, which is unemployment and underemployment. I have seen no one give us or offer us an answer to their problems. The only thing I see on TV and elsewhere is DACA. I see DACA, Dreamers, Trump's racist, Trump's... But what is the answer? And the thing is, they're taking all the... What we have, people, is they're taking all the air out the room, too. Like, I can't have a conversation about mass incarceration. I can't have a conversation about black unemployment. I can't have a conversation about African-American um, housing because the only thing anybody wants to talk about right now, even, even African-Americans, I saw Barbara Lee on CNN. I saw Eddie S. Glaw, who I respect, I, res- I respect him a great deal as a scholar. I respect him still. But who is on TV saying, what about African-Americans? White liberals don't want to hear about us. Never do. They don't want to hear about us. Never do. 
you can put down what we never do. No. Well, we, we don't want second-class citizenship. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've had it for so long. Yeah, we don't want I that. I think we're kind of tired. I think African-Americans are kind of tired of second-class citizenship. That's what we've had the entire time we've been here. I mean, DACA's about fighting for second-class citizenship. And that was, let me tell you, that was a... That was and a, white liberals love that because they like more second-class yeah. citizens. Well, <laughs> white, let me tell you, anytime you see white liberals coming together with conservatives, you know there's a problem. <laughs> for us. There is, for us, there is a storm brewing. And what we see right now is people like Paul Ryan and other Republicans coming on board with liberals. What does that tell you, ladies and gentlemen? That tells me that the gig is in. The gig is up. That tells me that there is something going on. The fix is in. The fix is in. You know, you have all the people who give money to these campaigns. They give money to Ryan. They give money to Republicans. They give money to Democrats. What they're saying is we want our cheap labor. We want our cheap labor. And the people who hang out with Paul Ryan and his spouse or whoever, they're saying we want our cheap maids. We don't want to have to pay our maids a decent wage. This is what I want. I want, if you're coming from Mexico or wherever and you come here, I want you to be able to be whatever you need to be to get a good wage. I don't want you to have to work for some congressman's wife for pennies. And no social security and no benefits. I want you to get what you do. You're not going to get what you do the way this stuff is set up. You're going to work for her and she's going to be a terrible person to work for because that's just what they do. She's going to be a terrible person to work for and you're not going to get any benefits because you're cheap labor. I don't understand how anybody who values labor sees that as a win. How do you see that as a win? Now, let me ask you something. That's what black women used to do. My mama was a maid when she was young. That's the job. How when last time you seen a black maid? I was at a hotel not too long ago. I didn't see one. When last time you seen you and people say, well, Yvette, why do you want scraps off master's table? I don't want scraps. I want a job. I want a job. I want a nice union maid. I want a nice union maid job. That ain't no scrap. You should not be ashamed of, of being a maid for a hotel. For what? That's you want job. to have a way to feed your family. Nice union, stable job with benefits. With benefits. And vacation and disability if something goes wrong. Yeah, all that stuff. And they must have a stroke or whatever and be paralyzed and have all kinds of problems. And do you know how, do you know how expensive, let me tell you something. Do you know how expensive health care is? Remember I told y'all a while ago about my cracked tooth. Remember that? <laughs> now the cracked tooth, I'm going to... I'm going to see the dentist this week, and I'm going to ask him when he's going to fix it. The crack tooth is $1,200. Now, understand one thing. The crack tooth is only one tooth. That's only one tooth. I got a bunch of more teeth. <laughs> I got a bunch of more body parts that might go wrong. Understand how expensive that is. And you live in a first world country, the richest country in the world, and you can't pay for it, and you built this country off free labor. Understand how infuriating that is. And then people say, well... Why don't you like immigrants? I don't dislike, I don't like cheap labor. These people who make billions and billions, these capitalists need to pay us. All of us. And they're not going to pay immigrants if those immigrants are not citizens. Because they have no claim. And those people know they have no claim. Don't you get it? They're being brought here to kind of replace us, but they're not going to give them citizenship because they know if they got citizenship, they will replace us. They might actually join the labor movement. (laughs) 
ask for stuff. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> we don't want them asking for stuff. No, we don't want to be fair. It's like what we said before. The interview with Sandy Darity and Antonio from Tone Talk. Yes, they're docile. We yes. want them to be docile. He said, you know what? We want black faces, but we don't want U.S. descendants of slaves. We want, let's get some African immigrants. Yeah, let's get some black faces. Then we can say diversity. Because the African immigrants won't demand things like no, rights, curriculum no. changes. Because they know irrelevant. the game. We, but even though they're here because of African American struggle, if you're here because of what, and that goes for all people of color, if you're here because of how African Americans struggle and fought, you have a responsibility to fight as well. You can't come here. And have a life based on how African Americans fought and died and bled, and then say, "But I don't want to fight. I'm going to be, I'm going to be docile and smile because I know that works." It does work. Yeah, we should knock out your teeth. It I'm does. sorry, I don't mean to be violent, but just say you you want to smile and do. No, you have a responsibility to carry on the tradition of black radicalism, of black revolutionary politics. That is your responsibility. When you get here as a person of color, somebody should hand you a book. I wish I could have that job. <laughs> every every person of color that gets it, I want to hand you a book and teach it to you. Hey, look, one of my one of my students uh, came up to me. I was talking about this in class, and uh, one of my students came up to me. And she's from Erythia, and she said, "Look, when my parents came over here um, from Erythia, where Erythia? It's, uh, it's oh uh, in Africa, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Somalia or something. Ain't it? It's by Kenya, okay. yeah." It's in that area. East Africa? Yeah, yeah East okay. Africa. So she was talking to me, and she's like, yeah, see, when you come over here, they had videos that pretty much told you how to sit and how to eat and how to treat black Americans like garbage. Oh, that's nice. That's part of the citizenship area education. Yeah, you can't, you can't combine forces with these radical Negroes. They cause trouble. Right. It's like, it's like and how- the trouble they cause got you here and got you a job. Right. But you can't be with them. That's how to be an American. How to sit, how to eat, how, how to, to be, be polite, American. how to treat black people like garbage. It was all in the same video. I spit out my watermelon seeds. So if you think if you think you're gonna do something, oh my god. Let me just say something. Put that up, Ironman. This is this is from the Washington Post, the article we had up earlier. Um, and like I want you all to like I want I want I want people to start deep reading. When you read things online, I want you to start deep reading. No scan. It says, overall, there is no evidence that immigration depresses wages or employment of natives, according to NSA researchers. However, as Trump says, low-skill immigration did have small effects on wages of certain subgroups of native workers. High school dropouts, teenagers, low-skilled African-American workers, and low-skill Hispanics. What they're saying to you is that, for the most part, American workers are fine. Might hit a few Hispanics, might hit African Americans. But they don't count anyway. So but they don't okay. matter. It's okay. But for the majority, you have to, in every study, when, whenever I look at studies, I see this. I see them saying, well, it affects, it does necessarily affect African American low skill workers, especially black men. But for the most part, when we do it in terms of the whole, it's all right. What they're telling you is that we don't matter. And if you don't make yourself matter, if we don't make ourselves matter, that's going to be a problem. That already is a problem. So I want you to change how you read data. Don't read data for the general American workers. Read data for how your specific group is impacted. 
That's how you have to read data. That's the only way you read data. You have to understand your group, your tribe, and how your tribe is impacted. And you have to advocate for that group. That doesn't mean you're in opposition to any other group. It means you want what is best for your specific group. And let me tell you a story. Gather around. You don't necessarily want to take everyone else. You just want... Your groups do. And I understand. I understand what it means for, 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 for these people to come from where they come from and not have citizenship in this country and what that means for whether or not when it's time for a union, they're going to raise their hand. They're not raising their hand. They're not. They're not. And unions are important. Yeah. So I understand gather what that around. means. Right. So gather around. Gather around. I want to tell you a story. It's, <laughs> there's an there's a, there's a image there somewhere. I mean, I don't recall where I put it. Um, but there was a great story. It was in, I think it was New York Times Upshot about um, two women. One was Marta Ramos. I think it's called Ramos versus Evans. Um, and Gail Evans. Um, and it told a story of these two. They were both janitors. One... One, um, the Miss Ramos works for Apple. Uh, Gail Evans worked for Kodak. This is a story of two women, both janitors. And what we have here is a story of like how their stories were so different. Now, I don't know when Miss Ramos came to America, but she still speaks Spanish. She was speaking Spanish. If you read the interview, she, she was speaking Spanish. So I assume she's not third or fourth generation. Um, and their lives were very different. Their lives were very different. Miss Ramos is like a contractor. She doesn't get any benefits. She's not an employee. She gets $16 an hour. Now, before you tell me, because I know how some of you do, before you tell me that $16 an hour is a lot of money, or is it decent enough money for a middle class family? Understand that she's like in California. Understand that she pays $2,300 a month, Ms. Ramos does, for her apartment and her four kids. Okay, understand that. Understand also, I'm not trying to be mean, but in that story, understand, even though she has four kids and I didn't see a husband, nobody told me that she was a welfare mom. Nobody said there was no criticism of her choices in that article in terms of when black women have a lot of kids, there's a lot of criticism of you shouldn't have done that. Who told you to have all them babies? Not so. But let me just continue. She has no benefits, Ms. Ramos. Um, She has no vacation time. She says when there's another job, when there's another opportunity, she takes it because what else she going to do? She doesn't have anything else. She has to take care of the kids. So she doesn't go on vacation because she can't afford it because there's no paid vacation. That's Miss Ramos. And what you have to understand in terms of understanding her story is that there's outsourcing and there's insourcing. So what's happened is that, you know, we always talk about companies going out to find labor and outsourcing and getting cheap labor. What they're also able to do is insource and insource cheap labor. Now, see, we can't necessarily control outsourcing, but there are some things that have to be done in-house. And those things should be done by us. Those things should be done insourcing. Those things should be done by natives, not bringing, not bringing people to come from third world countries into this country. Natives should do that work. 
Okay? And so what you see, $16 an hour. Now that's about the equivalent of what, what Gail Evans made in the 1980s. Gail Evans worked at a janitor in the 1980s. Miss Ramos works now in this day and time as a janitor. She works at Apple. Gail Evans worked at Kodak. Gail is black. Miss Ramos is Latino. Okay? Now, the way Gail's life unfolded is very different. The company paid her a good wage. When she went to college, when she started taking computer classes, they called her in and said, hey, we want you to teach classes at the company. She eventually became chief technology officer at Kodak. That's what happened in her life. That was only made possible because she was an American worker. And when you're dealing with American workers who have a certain set of rights, you have to deal with them differently than dealing with people who are not American workers or who don't have that right or who are not here, who are not here legally. You have to, you, it's a totally different frame in terms of how you deal with them. When you look at Rochester, where Kodak was, they created a middle-class community. A middle, just based off of they were paying good wages in that community, and that was that's what built the middle class there. Not so much Miss Ramos. If somebody doesn't come in, she stays to work. Do you understand that Miss Ramos has a difficult life? So how are you saying that? Well, to let her just get to no, whoever, like no. You have to find a way to pay immigrants if they're going to be here a decent wage too. But you have to also say, listen, nationalism, nobody's talking about fascism, but nationalism matters. Your citizenship matters. And it comes with responsibilities. And it comes with responsibilities. And it absolutely comes with responsibilities. You have to find a way to say that and mean it. You have to find a way to stand behind that. Or else, these people are going to eat your cookies. Think about what you would do if you were coming from Honduras or somewhere. And you had, here, at least I can make some money. They don't, they don't understand what we, like, this is turning back the clock in terms of the labor movement. And let me just say something else. We talked about her rent. You know, and this is also being done through H-1B visas. If you look through a lot of these H-1Bs, you know, you're supposed to have to have a certain skill, a certain acumen, a certain something. No. They do the same thing that American workers do, but they do it for less. Now, if you all of those of you who have been here with me for a while, know that I put up a statistic a while back, I think it's from USA Today, that showed that black, you know, um, I think it was blacks and Hispanics too, who are in Silicon Valley don't get paid what they're worth. They don't even get hired. Forget paid what they were. They don't get hired. Not because of something wrong with them in terms of their STEM education. It's just these countries, these companies would rather, would rather go and get cheap labor than to hire Americans. You have to do something about that. That's not about being xenophobic. That's not about hating immigrants. That's about the problem with cheap labor. Right. Cheap labor devalues everything. Go ahead, Iron. So Antonio said, make sure she hooks in the idea. You don't got to say Antonio said. <laughs> okay. uh, well, you have to hook in the idea that that was an entry point. 
Yeah. That was an entry what point. What you need, listen, what you need, what what we said about the other jobs and black men getting jobs was that they, they don't get entry-level jobs, right? They don't get entry-level jobs. It just don't happen. So what you have to understand is that that lady that went from Kodak to chief technology, technology officer, she came from the bottom and rose up. You have to have an end to a company. You have to be able to get into the company to rise up to whatever you want to rise up to. If immigrants are coming in and taking over entry-level jobs, what are you going to do? Well, you don't have a point of entry. Well, you know, your aunt or your cousin is the uh, chief hiring manager. Never. You're, but you Never. But your uncle is never, the... Never happens. <laughs> never gonna happen. Is the CFO of the... Never. Nope. No. Never. You have to... You remember when I, I... Those of you who have been here for a while, remember I did a, a, a while back about um, Chicago and different tip agencies that were hiring Latinos um, over African Americans. And that was the same point then. I can't get in at an entry level, even a construction job, so I can have a permanent construction job. Because other these immigrant groups are taking it, and they're preferring them over me, regardless of how strong I am, regardless of how diligent I am, they're preferring them over me. And so that's what we are. That's what we are. And so that's a problem. That is a problem for the African American community that we don't get preferred. We don't get an entry-level job. Remember the woman we talked about, Gail Evans, she rose up from janitor to chief technology officer. If other people are getting those entry-level jobs, there's no opportunity for us to rise up within the ranks. And she's not, Miss Ramos ain't going to rise either. She's a member of, she's a subcontract. I mean, a, a what do you call them? Independent contract. Well, she's not going to rise either. Let's be honest. There's a 50-50 chance that Miss Ramos is going to make what she makes, send half of that back home, and then once everything's all yeah. set, bounce. Yeah. that's true. Like Miss Ramos might bounce. She's like, this is a gig for 10 years because I'm building up a middle-class life back in wherever. You, we saw, I, that was a video, that was, if you can find it, I had it, I used it one time on the show. But there was a um, there's a great video about how you know Mexicans go home as they come here they can they can it doesn't take a whole lot of money to build a middle class house in Mexico and just live good because you come from a third world country there's no way for us to take thirty or forty thousand dollars here and build a mansion it don't happen because we live in a first world country and so they can do stuff back home that we can't do here. All money ain't the same. That's the first thing. Like, <laughs> let's just dispel that idea that all money is all money ain't the same. All money don't spend the same. You spending money in Mexico versus America is a totally different scenario. Understand that. Understand we're not equals in terms of that. Now let me just say this. Put up clip five, Aaron. Aaron. In terms of, I just want everybody to understand where we've come from in terms of what labor used to get paid, what labor used to do, in terms of what labor does now. Yes. I like to use data. I just want to put data up there so you understand that. That's what I do. I don't want you to be like, well, you're just talking. No, there are a lot of people on YouTube who just talk. That ain't me. I give you something to buttress this on, put your teeth in, and make whatever decision that you decide that you want to make. But it is what it is, and this, this is all I can do. I can't do nothing else. There's nothing else that I can do to show you that I weigh a life 
in this country is pretty much over. If we can let stuff keep going on the way it's going on, we're going to have a problem. So this is what I want you to understand. Now I want you, you see that chart. I want you to just don't say nothing. You ain't got to talk. Just right now, look at it. The decline in labor share of corporate income, you know, since 2000, $535 billion less for workers. That's huge. Do you understand how huge that is? We're not getting what we're due. They're just going to bring in cheap labors from third world countries. They, that, 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 that their countries have destabilized, whether you're America, France, Britain, you destabilize these countries. Then you import the cheap labor who is there because you destabilize their countries and you put them here to compete against natives. The problem that we have is really the elites. I'm not fighting against nobody from Honduras. I'm not fighting against no Mexican. I'm fighting against the elites who destabilize everything you got going in and put you here. We all should be fighting against them. You should do that. Whether you're from Mexico, El Salvador, Honduras, you should be fighting against these people who have done that. And I think what we don't do is fight against the, the, the way that, you know, the adventures abroad, as I call them. That our country does these adventures abroad. We have all these adventures abroad. Our country goes and decent. And instead of just we say, oh, we feel you know we feel so much better about ourselves when we let in immigrants. No, you should stop your country from destabilizing their country. That's the real rub. That's what we should do. But we don't want to do that. It's much easier. It's much easier to just say, well, I I disagree. I just don't, I just, I love them. No, if you love immigrants, stop your country from invading them and stripping them of resources so that their country can't do what they need to do. Stop your country from, from, from using their leaders as puppets. Do that. That's what needs to be done in terms of illegal immigration. That's the real deal. You saying you favor of it is just liberal BS. Can I talk about this? Uh, this Go ahead. All right. So I'm about to put a dad up. Uh, do I have my the IME camera? No, it'll just be on you. All right, so I'm about to put that's a a new uh, a new graph, right? So what this graph tells you, people, is that the white capital figured this out about 1973. Uh oh. The yellow um, the yellow line is productivity, major sector productivity. The red line is wages. Right. So. In 1973, pretty much 1973, 1975, we figured out how to get more out of the American worker without paying them anything more. Yep. Wages stay Look flat. Look at that line. Flat. People are, work, people are productive as heck. Um, and then look at that line. Productivity. We're making a lot of money for a lot of people who want us. <laughs> so a lot of people have gotten rich from 1975 on. And those people aren't workers. And those people aren't us. So, like, labor's in a bad way because we don't know how to match um, wages with productivity. We don't have the politics to force our government to match labor with productivity because the money is being made. The money is that orange line. It's just not going to us. That's that's a lot of money. That that, that line spiked real high. Yeah, we're productive. We're super productive. That's quite a line, Army. Yeah. (laughs) like all of that's going to someone's trust fund who's not us 
wealth you don't have to work for. <laughs> you know, it was I was reading I'm a book and I'm I'm a, I'm gonna interview this author soon. Oh, really? But Good. but that, I was reading this book and he was in the book he talked about Mitt Romney, and he said Mitt Romney, you know, at a certain point Mitt Romney said him and his you know his wife said me and Mitt didn't have to work for a while because we sold off parts of our stock. That ever happened to you? Were you ever not able to work because you sold off parts of your stock that your daddy gave you? That's inherited wealth. But we're not gonna go into that right now. We're gonna go into something else. Put up clip number six, Iron. You know, you ever wonder, people, you know, you have Democrats keep telling me that, that it's just racist and not to support DACA. It's just racist not to support the Dreamers and all that stuff. And what they don't tell you really is that it's a lot of Republicans who are in favor of this. When, when you have that many Republicans, that many conservatives, did they all of a sudden become anti-racist? Because I didn't see it with their support of the Confederacy. I don't see it with any of their policies. But all over a sudden, what you see is you see conservatives like, yes, we support dreamers too. Well, that's because dreamers are going to work for them. They're going to work for the people who support them. They support cheap labor. What we have to do is get rid of cheap labor. It's got nothing to do with not liking Latinos or not liking Hispanic. It's got something to do with the fact that cheap labor is a problem for workers in general. Not just American workers, not just African-American workers. It is a problem. And what you are doing is importing that. So what these, let me tell you what these elitists basically do. They go into these countries, destabilize it, create problems, and then the people flee from the country to the United States and other countries, and they use that labor to, to, to their advantage. It ain't no advantage to me. It's a disadvantage to me. It's a disadvantage to you. But that's what they do. And then they say, well, if you don't disagree with me, you're a racist. No, you just screwed them over. You screwed over Honduras. We know how you did that. You screwed over a lot of these places in Latin America. And then you drive the people here, basically because they have nowhere to go. And you say, well, if you disagree, you're a racist. No, I disagree because you did something awful to drive them here. And now they have no choice but to be cheap labor and undercut me. That's your fault, Mr. Elitist, not mine. This didn't have to be complicated. It doesn't, and it still don't. It didn't, no, it's, it's, it's not our fault this got complicated. You want your maids. You <laughs> want your gardeners. I don't have a maid or a gardener. So, you know, I, I think I think part of the reason we don't necessarily understand this is because we, we need a refresher. Let's be honest. What's that? A lot of people still want slaves. I don't want slaves. A lot of people still want slaves, and so since they can't have black people. You will take what it brown, brown will do. Brown will do if we can't have African Americans. They done gained some rights and carried on terribly and made a mess of things. We will take some brown people to come in here and do it. Anybody can clean up. I guess I'll be able to talk to Maria. You know, I'll be able to talk to Guadalupe, whatever. Cause you know, Mary left and said she had rights. What you need is for Guadalupe to have rights and in her own country too. She shouldn't have to lead the people that she know, the people that she love to come here and do your diapers. Guadalupe shouldn't have to do that either. You are, do you not understand that by saying I support valuing labor, I'm supporting Guadalupe? How in the world could you call me xenophobic after that? It just don't make no sense. Well, let, let me... Not, go ahead, okay. Art. Well, it starts off with maids and gardeners, but Mac Hill actually makes a, uh, 
a pretty good point. It starts okay. off made in gardeners, but like those can be entry level positions. And then you got carpenters, plumbers, landscapers, roofers, yes, you do and general you. contractors. Yeah, grows. And like a fungus. None of those people are black. And we don't then learn those skills because nobody wants us on those sites because we don't speak the language. Yeah, you don't speak. No, remember the, remember so the video we showed? Yeah. Like the, the managers won't. At these, at these construction sites, they want people to speak Spanish like them. We don't speak it in Spanish. We need to get in those trades. We speak it in English. We, we need to get in those trades, and we need to get paid well while we're doing it. While yeah, we're, and speak it in English, goddammit. I'm not trying to be mean. Goddamn, why I can't speak my own language? I speak the Queen's English. I don't speak that. That's, oh, while we're I'm, apprenticing, not even when we're general contract, while we're apprenticing, we need to be, get, be paid real money for those, for those contract jobs, for those construction jobs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And let me just, I think, I think when I think about this and labor, I'm thinking of like the day was, a, you know, Labor Day. I thought a lot about labor. And I wondered to myself, like, how are we missing this? How are we not understanding how all of this stuff works together as people who get W-2s? You don't get no 1099 as your check every year. You get a W-2. You labor. So I'm thinking about how do we not understand this? And I thought about it and I said, well, we forgot where we came from. It's just that simple. So, you know, you know, put up clip number seven, Iron. We put up and we show the you know, these these sort of um oh, Memphis yeah. sanitation workers who were on strike. We have a history of unionizing as African Americans. This is what we do. This what, is not anything. That's what got King killed. Got what King killed. He's trying to get working black. Trying to get working black people paid. Got him killed. That's yeah. what got King killed. This is what we do. This ain't no, I, you know, the problem I have is so many of us think that the labor movement is white. No, if you think that, you don't know the labor movement. This was brothers and sisters in there. That's who we are. So I don't understand how you don't get that and how we don't get that. But nobody really talks about the labor movement no more, right? Well, it's complicated. It's yeah, complicated. go ahead. Well, because a lot of white laborers didn't want to share power. They with, didn't. They, they didn't. It turns out that, would you believe that white people did not want oh. to share power or take authority from Negroes. black brothers and sisters? Oh, yeah. my God. So that's how I, the right to work I laws shun. got passed. Because they talked, and they talked a lot of white working class people. And they're like, look, if you let Negroes into your union... They're going to be your brothers and sisters. You're going to have to listen to them. Every now and then, they're going to run for officer positions. I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to listen to them. It'll, I'll eat. They should the, be shining my shoes. Here's the deal. I, what, really, what these white workers said is, I'll eat the 3 or $4 an hour. But I ain't, I ain't answering to no, no darkie. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm not going to do. Like, I'll eat the 3 or $4 an hour. I'll eat the health care. I don't need it. And you I, still suffering because of that, white people. You still suffering because of that. But go on, I'm sorry. As long as I don't have to share power with black people in the union. Mm. And so that's that's Ain't how that the South is white to work, right to Ain't work that right something. now. Yeah, no, that's, that's, about it. Something. that's it. And I just want to say something. You know, you know, we once understood in this country, and I want to say this right. We once understood our vulnerability in this country. We are vulnerable because of racism. That's who we are. That's why we need unions. That's why we need collective bargaining. There was once upon a time that we understood that. Yeah. And let's tell the truth. When white people wouldn't, wouldn't include us in their unions, we started our own unions. Yeah. Do you have a picture of A. Phillip? 
Should I get one? You should get one. I don't got no one. I got I'll pick. He said, Mr. A. Philip Randolph, we started our own unions. We did what we have to do. And let me tell you something, black people. I still believe the good black that man. we should be in our own lane. Now, what you, are you saying that we should not combine with other people? No, not at all. I am very appreciative of allies, and I want more allies, but I need my own lane. Well, I have my lane here, and I come together with you on one mission or the other, but I don't want to come together with you in your party or your group. I want to have my group over here, and we decide when to come with you over here. I don't need to be drowned out by anybody. They tend to be bad at sharing power. They don't want to. It's not personal. So I need to have my own power over here with my group and my tribe over here. That's what I need. I just need that. When white culture is very honest and has a demonstrated record. Honest. Honest and demonstrated record of sharing power, we'll talk about combining power That's going to be a long time. I'm just saying. Yep. You have to be honest. It's nothing personal, white people. But, like, you're not very good at sharing power in these political situations. So, like, when you can show a demonstrated record of sharing power, we could talk about combining groups. Yeah, a record. How about you get a record? Record. God damn it. And we'll combine at the top. First, starting come under us. Why don't you come into our group, come under us, and then we'll integrate you into our leadership as we see fit. Oh, you're trying to get cut. Well, no, but that's just how that's how school uh, desegregation worked. We're supposed to go in under them and then like be integrated as they see fit. No, 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 no. I want you come in under us and then we'll integrate you as we see fit. Yeah, I agree. You're not if they're okay with me. that, then we can we can work together. <laughs> let me just say. Let me just say. I, I want to give a put that up, Byron. That's that's your boy. Put it. Hey, tell people who the man is. Oh, this is a Philip Randolph. He organized. It's actually a really good uh, movie about this. I'll, mm. I'll, it's not often you hear me talk about movies. Real good movie with uh, the guy uh, Agner Browder, Andre Browder Bonner, um, and yeah, he organized the the the, the black um, Pullman workers. Yeah, Pullman Porters. Them Pullman, Pullman Porters. And that was good because we need, the white capital needed English speaking, um, uh, you know, Porters. So they couldn't just get like Filipinos or, and that's, yeah. a, that's a line in and the Ain't that something when they, when, back in the day when they needed us? When they needed us, they needed us, they liked us to speak English because. Pre globalization. Like, they wanted us to be polite to the, to the, to the white customers. Oh, isn't that so, nice? Um, that's special. So, yeah, so he organized the Pullman Porters, got a lot of heat for it, but ended up also creating a lot of middle-class black people with those yeah. Pullman Porter jobs. Yeah. Um, took a lot of heat, had to do a lot of maneuvering, and uh, took a lot of heat from everyone. But at the end, he secured um, a, lot of, a lot of black people middle-class jobs. So thank you, A. Philip Randolph. Thank you, A. Philip Randolph, and all the ancestors who did their part. It wasn't scared. Whew. So let me just let me just let me just drop a little bit of data on you before we before we move on to the phones and different things. In 1968, 2.5 million African Americans belonged to the F- AFL-CIO, but because they were being marginalized, a lot of them joined black unions, okay, and created black unions. Black workers at Ford Motor Company joined in, in New Jersey, started the United Black Brothers. The Shipyard Workers for Equality was started in 1968. Put up clip eight, Iron. Later, the Coalition for Black Trade Unionists was started. And, you know, part of me... This isn't a bad thing. No. Part of me believes that I think we should keep doing it. 
Like I think I listen. Yeah. I'm not a Pan Africanist. I'm not a. But I believe that we need to have our own lane because when, I think when we get absorbed in these groups, it's a problem. Yeah, look, in Chicago, there's a woman in trades. It's called Women in Trades because they realized, women realized that when they tried to be apprentices in the trades, uh, men would, 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 uh, would lock them out. Mm. So in order to get those good electrician jobs, in order to get those good carpenter jobs, they had to make sure they trained themselves. Mm. I'm just saying... If that's our situation, and it's a, it's not a disrespectful organization. It's yeah. just like, no, we train women to be in trades. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and so, like, we need our own union, possibly, because for the same reason, we need HBUs, CCUs, still. Yeah, we need institutions of our we own. Need, we need institutions of our own. So, yeah. Let me tell you, black people, you listen. We have a history, and I can't go into it today, but we have a history of collective togetherness that moves us forward. Now, I'm going to say something that some of y'all are going to think is controversial, and that's all right. I don't care. But I'm going to ask you something. We have to decide. Would you rather be number nine? The man? Would you rather be the man you see on the screen? You have to decide. Don't tell me that's not a decision. You can have both. Do you want to be him or clip number 10, Army? Do you want to be him or clip number 10? You have, there is no in-between. Who do you want to be in this life? The question for you is who you want to be. Hit 10? You, yeah, hit it. You want to be him or him? And don't tell me. Well, Yvette, you're saying, you're saying we have to choose between black business or being a black worker. No, you don't have to choose. Because Diddy. Other side. Other side. Other side. Other, oh, uh, Diddy's other, on your right. My right. Diddy's on your right. Point to the wall. I see him. I, Point to the wall. Point to the wall for Diddy. Point to the wall for Diddy. Point no. to this wall. Point to you. Point to you. No, no, no. I no. can't get it right. It's, you're not going to get it right. Trust me. Point to that wall. If point you're to this wall. Yes. Well, I can't yes. get it right. I still can't get it right. Yeah, that's you Diddy. See? Yeah, that's Diddy. Yeah, but I can't get my hand right. Well, there you go. So it's get very my complicated. Hand right. I yeah, I can't. Get... This guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to have to move all the way back. Anyway. This guy is the problem. He's not been. <laughs> when you say, well, we have to, you're trying to tell us the truth between black business and you try, and, 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 and black workers. No, because Diddy's not business. I'm not telling you that because Diddy's not business. It's not business to go and sell somebody else's vodka and then they give you part of their tequila vodka business. That's a gift. And you're a liquor salesman. That's not business. Business is you got contract for jets. You have land to sell oranges. So you make oranges for McDonald's. That's the kind of stuff that is business. What he is doing is not business. So I'm not telling you to choose between a black worker and black business. Because this man is not business. I'm telling you to choose between this lie. That these people keep selling you in terms of you can do it yourself. And you can create ice cream. I thought about the French vanilla flavor because I like ice cream. Listen you idiot. French Vanilla's been around for years. Do you understand that by putting up that commercial, he thinks you're slow? He thinks I'm slow. Well, I figured out French Vanilla should be a flavor of vodka. Based on what? French Vanilla ice cream and everything else has been around for a number of years. You didn't figure it out because you like ice cream. Stop being a, stop being a moron and stop following morons. Either you're going to stand together in the tradition of who we are. Or you're just going to follow this guy and believe you can be him by yourself and get eaten by the sharks. There's no other choice. 
And if you want to be a black business person, what you need is black people. See that? Listen, you cannot be a black business per- person without black people supporting you. Because black people, in terms of a voting block, have to ensure that the government opens the doors to you as an individual. That's what we're there for. So there is no black business without black politics. Understand that. Understand, I'm not opposed to black business, but I understand that there's no black business without black politics. It will not exist. You'll just have liquor salesmen. Yes. Like Diddy Combs. That's what you'll have. That's it. Is that what you want for your life? Somebody said, I thought up French vanilla vodka because I eat ice cream. That's yeah, moronic. That's right. So Antonio brings up, I mean, there's another good point that just popped into my head. Um, I didn't say popped into your head. You got to say popped into your head. <laughs> <laughs> just give us the point, Army. All right. So, um, so 90% of capital in America right now is in white hands. Right, but we had a graphic before about how was it three quarters of white people don't know any black people. Yeah. So those entry level jobs, those janitor jobs, those maid jobs, um, that put you in the face of white capital, in a way that if you're locked out of that, like they don't know you. They don't see you. They don't see, and the only ones they see are like rich Negroes on TV, like like basketball players. So like. So they actually don't know. They have no idea what you're doing, what you're going through, nothing. They have even a more, like, like before they had a, like an, a distorted view of black poverty, but now they have a real distorted view of black poverty because there's no black people in their life. They don't even have a black no. maid or nanny or anything like that. No, they got a Mexican and, maid and so, or nanny. They don't have a black maid like my mama was who can say, hey, this is happening in my life. They don't have that. So, but we and, don't see any value in talking to the white people with all the money. Well, I don't want to be no maid no way. Shut up. You ain't got no job. But we also don't know what white capital looks like either. No, we don't. We used to. Yes. Like even when, when you clean, maids, you know we who, used to. We know exactly how lazy they are. We knew exactly like how cutthroat they how are. Cutthroat. There wasn't a, the illusion that well, you know, they just work harder. They just smarter. regular people. No, they're just it's regular like people. Like they poop and like no. Or people that black people look up to. Like back in the day, African Americans did not look up to white capitalists. No, because we, no, like, we knew people crazy. They they wrong. We did not do that. Now we're just like yeah, Mark Cuban. What? Well, once you go up to Mark, once you change Mark Cuban's sheet, you realize that like no, this man no. is just some put up clip number eleven man. for me. Let's see what let's see what we're working with. I'm, I, you know, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Like, what well, I don't understand why nobody's out for us. It's not about us being for DACA or really against. It's about why nobody talking about what happens to us. See, the thing is, when we were when we still are poor, but when when that became a thing, people started calling us names. You know, you, you with they doctor, they started calling them dreamers. That's a wonderful name, dreamers. That's not what they called us. What did they call us? They called us, uh, what's the name for this? Welfare queens. If you were a black woman, you know that they started calling us welfare queens. We were not dreamers. We've been here forever taking care of white people's babies, giving them our titties and stuff. We were never called dreamers, though. We were called welfare queens. And if you look it up, if you look it up, you ain't got to believe nothing I say. Look it up and you'll see the, 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 the whole welfare thing, Reagan and all that stuff was garbage. You'll see it. You'll see that what Clinton did was garbage. But we were never called dreamers. Built this country with free labor, never called dreamers. What I'm telling you and what I'm about to get into, not for too long, 
But what I want to get into is that, ladies and gentlemen, language is important. Language is very important. And I just want everybody to understand that linguistics matter. How you talk about something matters. Put up the next one. This wasn't the only one. Put up the next one, Army. This wasn't the only cartoon to make fun of African-American women and caricature us as welfare queens. The ones who were taking out the money. Well, mind you, the ones who were taking out the money were the contractors and the people getting tax cuts when they hadn't contributed anything to society, anything to government. They were just takers. The people who are really takers in this society are the people at the very top who don't want to pay any taxes. But they have, who's going to guard your house? I mean, who's going to guard your company when stuff happens? Or who guards your personal house when stuff happens? How did you benefit from the research and development of government? All this stuff. All of these corporations are takers. But y'all want to tell us, ooh, I'll take two. Got a big, big, heavy black woman. And she's the welfare queen. This is how you treated us. You never, t- you never called us dreamers. And let me tell you, the reason this is important to me, because it shows me, when you talk about rhetoric, when you talk about linguist, linguistics, what it tells me is that who's going to be saved and who's going to be thrown away. So when I see this, I know that African-Americans, we're going to be thrown away. And they're going to adopt new people because you've named them dreamers. These Democrats <laughs> who named them dreamers never named us shit. But inmates and welfare queens. Black men are inmates and we're welfare queens. That's what y'all let, let name us. But y'all call them dreamers. Really, they're not dreamers. They're people, they're kids and, and young adults. Because you can be 30 and be a dreamer whose parents brought them here legally. They're vulnerable and they're not going to ask to share power with you. That's no. who they are. They're vulnerable and you don't have to worry about sharing power with them and they're not going to demand rights. No. They're going to be grateful. No. And then, listen, they are people who their parents brought here illegally. I don't know if they're dreaming or not, and neither do you. That's who they are. The only thing we hear about are the dreamers who are in college. and We don't know. There's no way to know that. They are people who their parents brought here illegally, period. And that's being nice because nobody called me that, nobody called you that, or your mama that. We were welfare queens. We were all in the store with welfare cards because they were throwing us away. They're not throwing the dreamers away. They wouldn't have given them that name. I'm telling you to understand how you fit into this scenario. Your friends, your mother, your father, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your niece, nephew. Understand and prioritize as a Native American how you fit into this scenario. And stop. Let me ask you something. Are you going to support dreamers while your niece and nephew drive for Uber? <laughs> I'm just asking. Are you? Because that's what we're doing most of the time. No, we're independent contractors, you see. You see, let's go to, let's go to linguistics army. Let's, and, and I like to talk about Uber because Uber is, such, is so awful. I like it because it's the best, the best way to talk about this. It's well, a hustle, talk, man. It's Why are you making a, fun of my hustle? Because, because, and they say it's my side hustle. Well, you, <laughs> well, the part of being in a first world country is that that's not supposed to be your quality of life to have to have two jobs or more. They call them when the studies multi jobs. 
<laughs> That's you live in the richest country in the world, and you go to work, and you then you come home, and you take a shower, and you go to work. It's not supposed to work that way. I understand what you say. I understand what you feel. But that's not how any of that, that's not how any of this works. Okay? And so what Uber has basically done is mischaracterize people who are employees as not employees. Those are not subcontractors. And they call you drive partners, Ironman. Drive partners. Drive partners. So you won't understand that the only thing you're really doing is driving a hitchhiker. I Ironman. don't work for Uber. I partner. I work with, for myself. I work for myself and I partner with Uber. I See? partner with Uber. I partner with Uber. I partner with Uber. Yeah, I don't you work with Uber. You part with a multi-billion dollar company. You I'm partner. My own, I'm my own Now, when they, when they deactivate you, are you still partnering with Uber? That was when, negotiated. That wasn't negotiated, <laughs> but you said you were a partner. See, this is how they, this is what I want to, this is kind of why I want to get back to linguistics. Because it's important. Because linguistics is how they did, is how they decide how this is viewed. Your drive partners. No, you're riding around driving hitchhikers. And hitchhikers can do anything to you as an Uber driver. And if you are a passenger, anything can happen to you. And during the Obama administration, we saw Eric Holder, Pluff, all these people come in, they could have prevented this. They could have prevented the devaluation of labor. Obama should have even put up an image today. He could have prevented all of this, but he didn't. He didn't care. Well, that's now he's out scuba diving. Well, yeah, and this is where he's going to get his money from these tech guys. No oh. benefits, no overtime, just yeah. sleep somewhere in your car. But go on. I'm sorry. What no, you I mean, like, but this is how Obama and his people are going to be making money for the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he does. Listen, linguistics matter. I don't know how I don't know how else to say it. I bet you they'll get like an, an African immigrant at Uber too. And I can say this as They already this, got one. Well no, they'll to come up with like we're drive partners. But then they get the Ghanaian. They got the Ghanaian. These are my people. Get your people. Get your I mean get your people. <laughs> she over there, she got people. big hair and she's smiling real hard. I don't like it. No, <laughs> well, you know, her job is to mask the fact that we're poor. Yeah, that's her job. Like the, that's and, her the job. and the Uber ain't really hiring or no, come on, man. <laughs> Not hiring descendants of slaves. No. Give me a break. And you know I I I don't really know what to do with it. You know, that there's so much that we have to do. There's a and I wanna I wanna put this up before I end. There's a dot MOV army. when I talk about immigration, I want everybody to know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> And that there has been a large, it's the only .mov on it, there has yeah, been yeah. a large influx of immigration. I'm not, this is not something that I'm making up. I'm saying that why can't we have a conversation about this without, if something. I want to have a conversation, all of a sudden I'm viewed as like anti-immigrant. If I want to have a, this is from like, and, and if I want to have a conversation, how is that happening? Do you understand that that's censorship to where you can't have a conversation about something? That directly affects you. That directly affects me. It affects me, but if I say, hey, <laughs> I don't have a job because you elites are importing cheap labor because you have destabilized their countries. I don't have a job. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, you, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. What do you mean? I'm just, well, you're just xenophobic. I can't tell you how many, I really can't tell you how many times I've been called xenophobic in the last Three, four months? I can't tell you. I can't call it. Big I want people to see the little things <laughs> diving in. 
And this is like from RT, but she was like, well, RT is their, their propaganda. Honey, it's all propaganda. Ain't nobody out there think but this. I couldn't, I couldn't see the data unsupported. So let me just play this. I just want, I, let's talk about it. And let's, this is U.S. immigration over a number of years. And it just shows it coming. I mean, let's see it. Don't you want to have a conversation about that? I do. I want to have a con. You know what else I want to have a conversation about? We talk about Uber all the time. We talk about how awful Uber is. But we don't talk about how Ariana Huffington. Now, I want you to, before I, I'm about to go to the phones, but think about this. Ariana Huffington. And there's an image of her, that book she put up, Ari. Look at oh, that. You know, for the record, those slave boats, those weren't immigrants. Who was no? They weren't. They were slaves. I think there's a difference. Immigrants come a, over. There's a very big. There's difference. a voluntary choice. You can go back. Like they're not even refugees. Those are slaves. No, they're slaves. Those are slaves. Those chattel slaves. So when we're talking about promulgation, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you have part of the problem is you have people like Ariana Huffington who will work for Uber. You know she's on Uber's board. Last I checked, will work for Uber. Which is totally just like stripped Americans of everything that the labor movement fought for. On purpose. On purpose. Like. Deliberately. And after that, put up the next one about her. And there's another one. I, I don't know what I did with it. Um, understand that what she did, she also, in addition to joining, like she put out a book. Now imagine, you know, let me just preface this. You and all of us, we have talked about, we have talked about Uber. People sleeping in parking lots and can't get no rest because they always got to be on call for Uber. Ariana Huffington joined Uber's board and before that wrote a book about we should sleep more. Think about It's think unhealthy about that. not to sleep. Huh? It's unhealthy not to sleep. Yeah, but she said we should, we should all find time to sleep. Yeah. Ariana, the board you're on, the company that you're a part of is the reason people can't sleep. <laughs> Ain't no stable job. They're sleeping in parking lots and all kind of stuff because you got them out there as subcontractors for these companies, right? And so they got to be around where people are going to come from, be they bars or breakfast restaurants or jobs. You're part of a reason, Ariana, that these people can't sleep. And then you have the nerve to write a book about the sleep revolution. If you don't get yourself on somewhere, this is why you can't trust these crazy... Like, this is why liberals are such a problem. You're going to write a book about, you got to get enough sleep and then join the board of a company 
that is part of the reason why people can't get to sleep. Why in the world would you ever, as a worker, listen to anything Ariana Huffington ever said, ever? I mean, we know those tech guys don't give their kids gadgets. Yeah, right? for a reason. They're addictive. <laughs> There's a book that I'm reading. I, I don't know the name of it. That's a shame, you know, you're reading a book and don't know the name of it. But what he talks about, like, the, the, the head of Instagram, the head of, um, you know, Steve Jobs, I, they, didn't, they didn't give their, their kids the gadgets because they're like, these. I built them to be addictive. And yet, here we are. Come on, man. Ariana Huffington talking about you should sleep more. And you got a, you got, you, you, you at the board of a company where these people have to go sleep in parking lots to their next shift. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You really ought to be ashamed of yourself as a woman. And even when the Uber CEO, you know, then CEO, he's gone now. But when he came over to your house and discussed about you joining the board, you made him an omelet. That's y'all. That's y'all's feminist um, icon. The white women watching this. Come on, come on. He need to make that man no omelet. He can feed himself. Like she's just in so many ways. Like you wrote this book and then was on the board of a company that just did that does this to people. That's who you are, Ariane. I don't know how. I mean, but this is the same. This is the same woman who was in business with Breitbart before he died. He, he basically kind of started the Huffington Post. For them, this was only a money venture. It wasn't nothing about politics or doing the right thing. It was about cash. Who going to make that money for me? That's how these people think. Nobody thinking about you. Anybody thinking about me? Anybody thinking about army? Who cares? Understand that. And all this talk about language. Listen, they called us welfare queens. Look, you got to think about how they use all kinds of... When you, when you watch the... Y'all ever watch Barbara Starr from CNN? She ought to, she works for CNN, but she might as well work for the Pentagon. <laughs> the only thing she does is come in and say what the Pentagon said. Well, it's a surge. A surge ain't when you put a hundred and few, a few hundred thousand people or 50,000 people on the ground, Barbara. That's more than a surge, but you don't care. If something happened, if somebody bombed somebody, that's a conflict. No, ain't no conflict. It's a bomb. There's no conflict. That's not a conflict. That's a bombing. <laughs> Sometimes it's a slaughter. I mean, so people, I, I, I just, I just, that's part of the reason I started dealing with data instead of words because words just lie and words influence in a way that's not healthy. So, you know, saying that I'm going to iron me, you ready to go to the phones, Iron? Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. Let's, let's go to the phones and talk to, I, I want to hear what y'all really got to say about it because it is what it is, but this is some bull. I can't know other way for me to say it. Hello? Hello? Hey, how you doing? Doing Okay. Hmm. Try it again. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. What's your name? Where you calling from? Um, my, I'm just gonna say my name is Lily, and I'm calling from Round Rock, Texas, right outside of Austin, Texas. Okay. Yeah, and I just want to say that I've I've been watching your show a lot, and I love it. And you're right on point on a whole lot of things. But uh, to get to the immigrants. Um, it's a real, it's a real situation with them because they come in illegally on a daily basis. Cut your, cut they, your, cut your, uh, cut your, cut your, cut your, drugs. your, cut your laptop off or whatever it is where you're hearing me the, right now. All the mess. They come in illegally on a daily basis. I'm getting basis. feedback. Cut that off. And, you know, Trump, everybody thought Trump was racist, but... 
Didn't I just say that? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. No problem. Okay, go. It's okay, go. I know. I know. Sorry. No, we need some patience with our people. I'm patient. I'm being patient, but it's funny. Yes, yeah. Okay, go. I made mistakes myself. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Yeah, anyway, they were saying Trump is racist about what he said, but a lot of the stuff he said about the immigrants is true. Mm. It depends on what he said. Yeah. Which, which, which part of what he said? Well, you know, about, you know, like, maybe uh, they coming in, they're doing these crimes, uh, raping and, you know, and well, stuff like that and killing and stuff like that. I mean, because you got the drug cartels, they don't be playing with people. Not at all. You talking about not at all. It's all about. But you know, MS I have some Mexican friends. They scared of them. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's some truth to what Trump was saying, but that's the only thing he got right. Everything what? else, I don't what, agree what, with. Where'd you say you, li- you, say you live? That, you know, they, they are filling jobs that that we could be doing, and they if they discriminate against us because when you go in for a job, you gotta speak Spanish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And everybody don't want to speak Spanish. Yeah. I don't want to go learn Spanish. Yeah, it's not that hard. But I'm just saying, you know, where are the jobs for us? And I don't know what's going to be done, but they're not telling y'all something. That's the key I think question. the United States is in cahoots with Mexico. Of course. Because why don't they just shut Mexico down and say, hey, if 12 million of them are over here, Let's just take over Mexico because they president is Mexico. letting them all come over That's here. We got to take care of them. You know, they can't be in two countries. They can't be all over here and then flying flags talking about over here protesting about Mexico. What's going on like that? All right. Let's make Mexico. (laughs) I think, I mean, she made some good point, but I want to know what she she said she was calling from. Uh, Texas. So, well, see, know. that's a border state, so I don't know. Yeah. I can't call her, but she said she said there are gangs there. I don't know. That's there's a border know. state. That's a border state. I don't know, but, but I know the, MS-13 started here. Um, but I don't know where they come from. El Salvador, what MS-13? The it, good question she said is before we start talking about how them, where are the jobs for us? Because yeah. we know they're doing jobs that historically black people have done. So you have to account for where are the jobs for us. Give yep. me a plan. And nobody wants to do that. Give me a nobody plan. Nobody wants to do that. It's talking about full employment for black people, and we will not talk about immigration anymore. <laughs> as soon as I see that plan and see it actually. I ain't never seen it. Ain't nobody even talk. Even yeah. our politicians ain't talking about us. They don't care. You're on your own. Pluck. That's why we got to organize for our own power. Yeah. We just got to organize for black politics that will make our politicians say, no, no, no. We're not passing anything until I see a plan for full unemplo- full employment for black people. That's what Coretta Scott King wanted. That's what I want. It's not too much. Ain't nobody buying no Rosetta Stone. I like to <laughs> use my life. I should have to use Rosetta Stone just to talk in my own country. Stop telling me to use Rosetta Stone. You go somewhere. Oh, people get on my nerves. All right. You can go to the next one. I, mean, ugh, I ain't invested in no Rosetta I don't talk the way I want to talk. <laughs> I like the way I talk. I speak the Queen's English. How you doing, caller? Where you calling from? What's your name? Texas. Oh. What's your name? But, uh, like the last caller said. Hello? You there? Yeah, what's your name, caller? James. Okay. Like the last caller said, I said this before. When they vote for these um, school bills, 
your K through 12 has to teach them English. Mm. Don't vote for that. Say no. I've said this a million times before. Again, stop doing that. Stop voting with that category. Don't do it. DACA is a bad thing for any black folks who've ever got out of prison, jail, anything else. It's not for us. Stop voting with that. That's it. Thanks, Carl. I appreciate you saying stop voting with that. I see. I don't live in a box. I, I ne- that's never showing up on my ballot. But yeah, I've heard people say that like you have to go to a school where they invest resources to teach them English. But I've never gone to the you know. I, so I don't know. But I hear you, Carl. I appreciate your call. You're on, Carl. Hello. Say hello. Hey, Carla. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hello? Hello? Yes. What's your name? Where you calling from? Otis. What's up, man? Are you there? Are you there? Yeah, where you calling from, bro? I'm calling from Virginia. Okay. Oh, what's up, Otis? Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead with your call. Look, I want to have a quote for you. Okay. Unless your people were Native American, your people were immigrants. Just some happened to pick cotton. That's Kamala Harris talking to a group in California. <laughs> she said that. Kamala Harris says, unless you're Native American, your people were immigrants too. So that's to one of your earlier posts mm-hmm. about her not being black. There is no way you can call someone who came here on a slave ship a damn immigrant. No way. I saw that first in a Texas. I saw that first in a Texas school book when my son was going to school there in the fifth grade. We need to get black politics. Black people need to wake up and understand. You can feel for all of the other people, but you need to do for you. Oh. And yes. Hey there. I'm here. Okay. And the other thing is, uh, you were talking about labor. There are 61 different GOP groups across 50 states that are already dismantling public unions. I tried to send you some information this weekend about that. These people are many groups from ALEC. They are changing legislation so that school teachers, government employees, Postal workers, it does not matter. You will not have the right to do any collective bargaining. If you have a problem on the job, you will have to go to a mandatory arbitration. So, and then also restricting union bosses or unions from being able to contribute to political parties. They are dismantling workers' rights across every state. Okay. 33 governors, uh, governorships are all GOP. Most of the state houses, they're already running these bills through. Something like 16 states have already gotten it through their lower chambers. So for, that means across this country, it will not matter. Teachers, public workers will not have the right to bargain. Okay. I sent you a clip. It's probably on your timeline now. Thank and you. I'm going to tell you, black people need to 
appeal to other people, but they need to do for themselves. Do and, for us. And I Take say, our public... Thank you, Carla. I would say we need to do for ourselves first. That doesn't mean that we cannot combine forces or, 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 or ally with other groups. But I think it's just a matter of kind of nature. You have to do for yourself first. You have to put yourself and your people as a priority. Look, the guy was talking. He was talking about teachers, nurses, postal workers. Yeah. You know what I hear? What? I hear what what there was of a black middle class. That's gone. Like that's like those are us. So we need a labor politics, and it can't just be all about like putting your name on vodka. We need a labor politics. I was telling you the UPS came by because you know I buy some stuff from Amazon from time to time. Black guy came by UPS. First question I said, "What's up, man?" Hey, you part of union? And you know he said, yep, 20 years. Only way to be. <laughs> Only way. This is a black working man, about 50, 45 years old. He's been working for UPS 20 years. Union, and first thing he said, got to be. It's the only way to be. That's going to that's gonna be a guy with a retirement. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to a independent contractor with no of, benefits from 20, a multi-billion dollar corporation. <laughs> that makes you a sucker. 20 years as a partner with Uber. What do you got to show for it? Nothing. And your car, like people don't, we've done this before on the show, the math that don't add up. Your car breaks down. You don't, you, the, the, the only reason Uber can be Uber is because we don't know how to add. That's the only way. Because you don't add the cost to your car the labor, the driving, the cost of your life of somebody, a hitchhiker being in the backseat. Because that's all it is. It's just a hitchhiker. That's it. You don't, you don't add that cost. So the only reason that Uber exists is because we can't add. And because of Obama. <laughs> and his whole administration went to do work for Uber. That, that, if, if there's one reason to despise Obama, it's Uber. So, we do this car. It's not like Uber even hires black people to do no, like the No, they hire one black woman with big hair, and one Ghanaian woman with big hair. Get the hell on. She ain't even in the chain of command. Go on somewhere, honey. It's based in Northern California, not Atlanta, not Decatur. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing about Uber that's good for black people. No. Nothing. It ain't even good for people in general. And it affects us disproportionately. Go on. Uber needs to be banned in this country. Oh. Oh. Hello, Carla. Maybe they went away. Yeah. <laughs> they left. Hello? Hey, Carla, what's your name? Where you calling from? Uh-oh. Hello? We're having a string of people having problems. I hope it's not us. Oh, it could be us. Anything's no, possible. But we had three good ones, though, I think. Was it three? I can't count. Hello? Oh, there you go. Hey, there. How you doing? Pretty good. What's your name? Where you calling from? My name is Anthony. I'm calling from uh, Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to call. I haven't been able to get through for a little while. So there's a couple of things I want to hit on from a couple of past conversations. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is uh, the Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing that... I don't know if you hit on it or not, but, you know, I don't mean, like, one thing I always hit on is contract. And right now, during this storm, it's a whole, whole slew of contracting companies of all sorts covering all over Texas right now, trying to get contracts to work on all types of things. And, they're, you know, of course, there are lots of black people out in all types of systemic ways, but there's something I just wanted to throw into the conversation if it hadn't already been. 
But I work in foundation, so I see it every single day as far as competing with Hispanics and, you know, immigrants, Dominican immigrants and whatnot. Uh, but something else that I wanted to uh, comment on, uh, I think I want to try to remember, hold on. Oh, well, I guess I forgot, but yeah, I do a wonderful job on the show. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, I appreciate listening to you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure everybody's down there. Everybody's trying down there trying to keep money. Remember a Mexican company said they build the wall. <laughs> when, when there's money involved, don't nothing matter. People are like, well, these are these are corporate companies with responsibility. Who? No, it's money involved. None of that stuff matter. No money don't care. I'm sure you got all kind of companies down there trying to build or rebuild whatever needs to be rebuilt. The the, the question is. What are do we have contractors? And even when we have contractors, what are, what are our African American contractors going to give back to the community? We got too many people like Diddy who are going to just say wonderful stuff and then just go on about their way. Oh man, this is awesome! I'm here to get it. People love, and then charter charter school and be like, my charter school. Go on, go on. But yeah, I'm not surprised at all. That's what that's what money does to people. Instability too. So go on, our. Hey, caller. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, this is Darius from Mrs. Tennessee. Hey. What's going on, Nivette? How you doing today? Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I was just calling to say, man, talking about, I wanted to talk about the uh, immigration issues that you was talking about. And I'm in Mrs. And I'm in, uh, Construction and the immigrants—they—they, they, I mean, these Mexicans. I ain't gonna say immigrants because all the people that's competing with these trades and they taking a whole lot of black men jobs at these Mexicans, and they taking them, and then they acting like white folks. And then I get into it with my mother. I'm, I'm telling her I don't live with my mother, but we just be talking, and she's like seventy years old, and she act like she on their side, like. They taking a job that don't nobody else want to work. I tell them, you know, they don't want to pay us. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like we're arguing with each other too much. And I just don't know what to say. It's hard to even talk to my family about things. They just look at me like I'm Malcolm X all the time. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, but girl, you keep doing what you. Thank you. I'm sorry. What no, you hold on. Go ahead. Okay. Bye. I appreciate you. No, Carla, I appreciate you. What you what ha- what's happening with you? Thank you. I want you to put this in context. This this mother, his mother is putting the opinion of MSNBC over him. Over him. That's her son. She's putting the opinion of MSNBC over her son. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called propaganda. And it works. And it works. We have been propagandized to believe that these people are here because we won't do the work. The real thing is that we won't do the work for that money. Listen, it's not worth $10 an hour to break your whole body in a tomato farm. And just now, if you raise that up, all of a sudden ears perk up. Give us some benefits, ears perk up. I'm going to get myself in shape to pick the tomatoes. I'm going to do what I got to do. But they have told us that, well, the problem is that you all just won't do the work. We will do the work. Americans will do the work. But they won't do the work with no money, no benefits. You don't pay unemployment insurance. If I get hurt, I'm on my own. 
Nobody's gonna do that for that. And the thing is, you gotta start listening. And, and, and his mother's seventy. Y'all old people have gone crazy. A lot of y'all. Y'all gotta start listening. The kids are in the work environment now. Not you. You can't just talk about what you heard Rachel Maddow say. No, she don't matter. So I agree with the call. I want to thank you for calling in. But yeah, you're right. We got to start listening to you're out there. She don't get to tell you what they do the job nobody else would do. People do all sorts of jobs for money. We used to, African-American men used to pick oranges. Where they at now? They used to do it just fine. Yeah, no, for the right. Not for that cost, though. No, I'll, I'll do it for like, you know, $15, $20 an hour. And, and, uh, 20. 20. I want 20. 20? Especially given what the orange company's making. That's what are you true. making, orange company? Bring up that line again. Just remember, productivity. Yeah. Yeah. I pick the orange, the money's right, but I need the money. I ain't going to pick the orange. What? If you sell an orange juice to McDonald's, I don't want. No, uh uh-uh. uh. You better give me some money. <laughs> That's true. And I want some benefits. It's like that picking in the hot sun. What did you do to get that money? Give me a break. Yeah. So let's let's see if we can take the last one. Oranges, apples, pears. I'll pick blueberries. <laughs> oh, you are always curious about the wrong thing. You know what killed the George? <laughs> You're on. Hello. Hey, caller. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hello. 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 Yes. Hey. Hello. Hello. Yes. Next. Hello. Yes, we're here. Come on now. See, uh-uh. oh, it's got kind of a sweet voice though. But like, I don't care. Look at you. You're hard. Yep, going to the next. All right, next time. Amen. Yes. Are you talking? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, you don't cut him soon enough. Uh, yes, what? She's gone. She's okay. Gone. <laughs> Hello? 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 Yes. Yes. Hello? Yes. What's your name? Where you calling Bella from? from Virginia. Hey! Bella from Virginia. Hey, how you doing? Pretty okay, good. this is all I have to say. I feel like that in order for us to come up as a people... We have to take these trades and take these jobs like the Mexicans do that no one else want in order to educate ourselves so that we can be able to work for ourselves. And even though the pay is, is dirt cheap and we're not worthy or we're not appreciated in these jobs, you take the skills. You learn what you can learn. And you do these jobs. And then you turn around and you make your own businesses. You start your own organizations. And you do for yourself. Uh, so you take from what you learn and you do for yourself. So, okay, so she's not wrong. Almost. <laughs> no, she's not like completely okay. wrong, right? Like, I want black carpenters, I want black plumbers. But they ain't doing for themselves most of the time. No, well, no, it's just that the apprenticeship matters. We need, like, you can't apprentice in the United States for 10 years for like $7 an hour like an immigrant can. 
But you want and then no, but I, no. Let me just go back for a second. Yeah, I want to challenge the initial premise that we should work for nothing like these immigrants. How do you be a people that's been here four hundred years, built this country with free labor, and then say we should be just like the people that just crossed the border yesterday? No, I should not be like them. I should be over them. I should be over a lot of other people too. Like in terms of where I am economically, if this thing was fair. You don't get the, I don't know, and it should not be like this person just crossed the border from El Salvador or Mexico, and you're telling me that I should be just like them when my ancestors built this country with free labor? No, I should not. That's like people say, well, we should live like immigrants. We used to. <laughs> we should not do that no more. But what we did and what we earned and what we contributed to this country, get out of my face talking we should be just like them. They're coming from a third world country. We built a first world country. No, I shouldn't be like them. Don't tell me that ever. Thank you. I'm about, I, I'm about done. She done, she, done, she done drove my pressure up. <laughs> I got a fragile constitution. I got a fragile constitution. I have high blood pressure. It be driving me up all the time. See what you people have done to me? You have disturbed my heart. My heart ain't right. My heart used to be all right. Ever since Obama, my pressure be high. I'm on lisinopril and hydrochlorothiazide. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's the truth. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. No, this is a good time to hit them up for that monthly, though. I was always thinking about the money. Well, no, it's just like this cost. This cost. And, like, I just bought a lot of equipment. Medicine so, like, costs, I haven't said. Anyway, if you are... <laughs> If y'all want to donate to the channel, please go to breakingbrown.com. You can make a cyclical donation or a one-time donation. You can also do that at donatebrown.com. If you want to get the news that I send out every every Sunday, you can also go to breakingbrown.com and subscribe to the $2 a month newsletter. Please share. Please subscribe. Please do what you got to do to contribute to what our men are doing here. Also, don't forget... Um, on the 11th, which is just coming up Monday, I think, I'll be at Simmons College in Kentucky. If you're around, please come by and say hello. Please don't say vet with some of me mugging. That's just my regular face. <laughs> if you say, hey, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy to see you regardless. Please don't judge me based off how I look. I can't see well. I squint. It's a problem. But don't judge me based on that. I'll be happy to see you if I see you, whatever I see you. There's nobody ever met that's part of Breaking Brown family that see me out who can't say I wasn't happy to see them. I'm happy to see everybody. So don't judge me because I got bad vision. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And we got some stuff to talk about. And we'll talk about some more stuff on Wednesday. So I appreciate everybody. Thank you for calling in. And um, if we didn't get to you, I'm sorry, but we will get to you on Wednesday if you call back in. Different topic, though.